Alexander. Shabbat for three. Bingo! Butler will get it for the win. Butler will get it for the win. Butler will get it for the win. He is hard to believe. Here's Jordan. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Dime Dropper for another one of our 2021-22 post-game recaps. Before we get started, please make sure to subscribe on YouTube at Dime Dropper Podcast, Apple Podcasts, follow us on Spotify, and of course to follow us on all social media platforms at Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Dime Dropper Pod. For tonight's episode, only got one game on the agenda. I will talk about the Lakers a little bit in their performance last night as well, and then we'll take the questions. As we proceed to talk about the Boston Celtics coming to Los Angeles and taking two L's just the way we like it. Shout out to all my Celtics fans out east, Uh, my minute men, my minute women. I had to rep the UMass sweater, but of course not the Boston Celtics because tonight it was a different Boston that showed out in front of the masses at the Nameless Arena. Oh my goodness, seeing the letters off that home of mine feels weird. Obviously, it's being blown out of proportion a little bit by some people because, you know, it is the same arena and it's not the Boston Garden or or, or an arena with, you know, with a name that's not a name brand. You know what I'm saying? It's still owned by Staples. It's not the Rose Garden. It's not Madison Square Garden, Boston Garden. But it was the original name of a stadium that has, in in the 22 years it's been around, or 23, this being the 23rd year, a lot of history, and a lot of history that's impacted me in my life, and I've had some of my best moments there too. So seeing the, the stadium without letters is interesting, but that being said, the game must continue, and tonight we heard some bad news that Paul George was injured and had a an elbow contusion, and you know, that's concerning, but the fact that he tried to give it a go before the game, and you, he was almost, you know, he was trying to give it a go, and he just, it just wasn't going for him. Tells me that it's hopefully not too serious. This was only the second game he's missed all season, and it was the first one that was actually due to the injury. We rested him against Sacramento, and you guys will remember, I went to that game, and I was very disappointed about that. Uh, Jalen Brown has still missed the last couple of games with the Celtics. He's had a tough year right now in terms of injuries, which you feel sorry for the guy because coming off the, you know, the injury he had last season that caused him to miss the playoffs, it's part of the reason why this Celtics team is just hovering around that 500 mark and hasn't been able to really push forward because without Jalen Brown, they're in a very similar situation to the Clippers in my eyes where if they only have Jason Tatum, they have a bunch of inconsistent role players with very questionable basketball IQs. I think Al Horford is pretty pretty consistent, and he has a good basketball IQ, but he's also 35 years old, so you can't really rely on him fully. Dennis Schroeder, you Laker fans know, we know very well how inconsistent he can be, and Marcus Smart, you know, he'll always give you some effort, but his decision-making, and I'm going to talk about it in a second, it's still like, you know, as if he's a young player and hasn't learned anything from all his mistakes in terms of his offense. His defensive IQ is great, at least I think so, but offensively, he still makes a lot of mistakes, but You know, Nicholas Batum did come back for the Clippers today, which was huge. You know, Nico Batum is our second best player, in my opinion, because of everything that he does in the basketball court. And we really need him, especially without Paul George. Without Nico Batum, you know, tonight he only played 15 minutes. But that's partially because he got a little ankle injury in the second quarter and had to come out of the game for a little bit. But he is important to our stuff. 
First quarter, though, I thought we came out with the right intensity. Terrence Mann started in place of Paul George, which I liked. You know, you guys have heard me on live say that I want Terrence Mann starting. He started with the other usual suspects, Nico Batum and Marcus Morris Sr. starting today. And I thought that we did a, a good job of trying to get Senior going early and getting him those mid-post touches that he's so good at and he likes. And Senior's been playing a lot better lately. He's an X-factor. You know, you saw him against the Lakers. That was like his first good game in a little while. And then he played pretty decently the other night against Portland. But we said it in the playoffs last year, guys. Marcus Morris Sr. is the X-factor for the Clippers. I know a lot of people in our, my Twitter spaces and different conversations I've had talk about we need to trade Marcus Morris Sr. And it's tough because... You know, he is the type of guy that when he's not making shots, he doesn't really offer much else. But when he is making shots, he's the only guy on this team besides Paul George, really, that can create shots outside of, I guess, Reggie Jackson. And I like Marcus Morris Sr.'s bag a lot more than Reggie because Reggie just falls in love with contested threes. And Sr.'s bigger, and he's really good in the post. And when you got a guy that can hit contested mid-ranges, that can be like a layup. And for times, at times, it's like that for Sr. And I thought he did a pretty good job coming out out of the gates, but I thought that we, at one point of the first quarter, force-fed him a little too much and got stagnant, but I think that the Celtics did a really, really poor job starting this game, and I'm going to tell you guys why. I think that their energy, I know they were coming off a back-to-back, but the fact that they were able to push in the second half, and, and you saw a clear difference in the way that they were trying in the second half, shows me that the Celtics were just unprepared. Like, they just... They heard, I think they just thought Paul George isn't playing and they've seen how poor, poor we are without Paul George and just took us for granted. Like, you know, they're coming out of the gates. Dennis Schroeder just waltzing up to his mid-range coming off a screen. And he, I remember the first shot he took, it was like, a, you know, his classic right elbow off the screen mid-range that we've seen him hit so many times. He missed. And I was like, okay, that's a pretty good sign. You know, if they're not going to... Because the Clippers, if you guys watch Clipper basketball, you know that the Clippers are very vulnerable to start a games. We have been starting out games very poorly, especially with Eric Bledsoe in the starting lineup. I think Ty Lue's done a really good job of making that adjustment that I've been calling out for since literally the moment we traded for Eric to bring him off the bench. And we'll talk about Eric's performance in just a second, but I think it's going to help us get off to better starts because I did not like the combination of Eric and Reggie in the backcourt starting games. But I will say this. Terrence Mann tonight in his in his place did a good job of being very aggressive and attacking in transition. And I think a large reason why he was able to get those transition opportunities was because of the laziness of the Celtics. I think obviously having Batum and Senior allows us to switch a little bit more and Terrence, of course, three guys that are kind of switchable. But I think the Celtics did not do a good job of trying to like attack off of those screens. You know, they weren't putting pressure on our defense early. It's kind of like a lot of times I felt like they would just kind of pull it back out and settle for jumpers, a lot of contested jumpers. And, you know, I think Marcus Smart, as much as I really like his fight and heart, I know Celtics fans adore him because obviously I lived in Massachusetts and he may be the most liked player on this team, believe it or not, guys that don't live in Boston or guys that aren't Celtics fans because he's the longest tenured Celtic and he really is great at interacting with the crowd. But this guy really thinks he's a better shooter than he actually is. You know, I haven't watched too many Celtics games this season, folks, but he's averaging 11 points a game which is his lowest since 2019, which was a very weird season. But you can also say it's his third highest scoring average of his career. That being said, you know, he shoots 39%. He shoots 38% for his career, and he's shooting 30% from three. And this guy's coming out here just shooting every chance he gets when he's open. I understand keeping the defense honest, but Marcus Smart, to me, his IQ offensively is just not good enough. And I think that Jason Tatum, as I've talked about on several occasions, especially this season, we haven't really talked about the Celtics as much, but 
I did talk about Jason Tatum in the opening game against the New York Knicks and how he really takes bad shots. I don't think he did as much of that tonight at all, but he's still, to me, like Jason Tatum, I really, you guys, you know I love Jason Tatum. He is a guy who I got his t-shirt my first Celtics game as a souvenir when I saw him play as a rookie because I saw potential in him. I know he's going to be a star, and I thought at one point, two bold predictions I made about him. I think he's going to be the finals MVP of a Boston Celtics team that wins their 18th chip. Chip, I'm starting to have some doubts, though. But my second prediction was he's going to average 30 points at some point of his career. Um, and I still stand by that pick. He's averaging 25 and a half right now, and he's 24 years old. Actually, no, he's 23 years old. He's turning 24 in March, I believe. And the thing about him is, though, sometimes I feel like he doesn't always set a tone on both ends of the floor. And I think that at times he can turn the ball over quite carelessly, similar to Paul George. And then he spends a lot of time complaining about it. And I just think that he often exudes poor body language. And it seems like Marcus Smart kind of takes the emotional and vocal lead of the team at times. And, you know, this is just an opinion of an outsider watching you know, for I saw a lot of the Celtics games in 2020 when I was in Massachusetts. I watched a ton of games last year. As you guys know, they were one of our dime dropper teams. This season, not so much. But I can see similar issues when I watched the Celtics play as last season. And that tells me that it's not really a coaching thing. It's a personnel thing. And you look across this roster, Dennis Schroeder, not very high IQ. Marcus Smart, not very high IQ. Jason Tatum doesn't always set the best president, precedent in terms of IQ attacking always although he did shoot 10 free throws tonight I just thought that that was a lot more late game stuff and I thought that you know he did attack a couple times in the first quarter but I thought Ivica Zubats did a fantastic job protecting the rim he had three blocks on Jason Tatum alone and four blocks in the game but overall the Celtics did okay in the first quarter to lead 28 to 24 after one but I still just felt that we were right there. And in the second quarter, I thought that we really took over the game. And I think this is the quarter that ended up deciding the game. The Clippers outscored Boston 39-23. And that was mainly due to one B.J. Boston. Brandon Boston Jr., B.B. and J. Put it on those boys. Put some respect on that guy's name. And I know Boston fans going to put respect on that guy's name because... They got respect for that Boston. And they better respect the young lad, 20 years young, coming out here playing with the confidence of a vet. And I'll start, I'll tell you how he got going. In the beginning of that second quarter, when we brought the second unit in, Isaiah Hartenstein, BJ Boston, Eric Bledsoe, we, Eric, I could tell, because he missed his first three shots, was starting to get in his own head. They were not even guarding him one or two possessions. I saw it. And there were times where he got the ball and he was like afraid to drive and shoot. And I think he missed a floater or something or passed out of a shot. Isaiah Hartenstein got an offensive rebound, fed Eric Bledsoe for a layup. And then after that, on the very next possession, Eric Bledsoe comes off Isaiah Hartenstein's screen and takes a, a kicks it out cross court to Brandon Boston Jr. on the on, in the left corner, wide open for three. He makes the three, and then an avalanche begins of Brandon Boston Jr. taking guys to the rim, getting into guys' chests, you know, absorbing the contact, finishing strong. He even took Marcus Smart right to the rim and got a technical foul, you know, for taunting, which I think is softer than Charmin. But Brandon Boston Jr., to take it out, Marcus Smart is one of the best defenders of the last five to seven years, and just talking his mess. I love that. I love that confidence from a young guy. 
you know, going at one of the better defenders in the league. And then the Celtics, you know, I would say they're not reading the scouting report, but who knows if Brandon Boston Jr. was even on the scouting report because he has not played too many minutes this season. You know, it hasn't been till I think the San Antonio game that I went to, which the vlog is up on the channel if you want to go check it out. Remember, I have a folder and playlist on my YouTube channel of all the Clipper games that I've been to this season. I've been to, I believe, 10 games now. 10 games this season, 9 or 10, and that game is on there, and that was his career high until now, where he went off in the second quarter, pulling up for three, the Celtics players were not respecting that jump shot, I remember there was one possession, Robert Williams, the Time Lord, switched on to him, and he was backing off way too much, and BJ just stepped into that three, and the Time Lord, I, I like the Time Lord a lot, I think that he's very athletic. I think he moves his feet pretty well for a big on defense. I think he's a good lob threat. But I think he does also make dumb turnovers. And I think that's partially because he has not had too much time as a Celtics starting center. And he always seems to miss games here and there. You know, six turnovers from your center tonight, that's not good. A lot of those are travels. I think he had a couple offensive fouls. And a lot of these were in the first half. And in, that first two, in those first two quarters, and the Celtics turned the ball over 13 times on the road in the first half, that gives Clipper players confidence. And that's what you guys have to understand, Celtics fans. You guys did not come out with this, okay, let's just get a big lead early in the game. Let's blow it up and make them play catch-up. Instead, you're letting our young players like Terrence Mann and Brandon Boston get confidence. Luke Kennard, who should be on the scouting report, maybe number one guy, <coughs> with Paul George out, he's coming off screens, and, you know, you guys weren't, the Celtics weren't doing a terrible job chasing Luke Kennard off the ball, but I still think that they could have been a little bit more attentive on him and a little bit more aware of him. I thought that Kennard came off screens for a lot of good shots, and I love the green light that he was playing with. He was throwing him up there every chance he got. If they were going under the screen, he was pulling it, even if it was two or three feet behind the three-point line. When they were closing out hard and chasing him down and trailing him from behind, he stepped into a couple mid-ranges that I liked, and he even shot a beautiful right-handed floater in that second half. I thought Luke Kennard was great. Five at ten from the field, and four of six from three for 15 points. We needed that boost from Luke Kennard, who has continued to be very solid this season, and he is starting to find his groove shooting the ball again, and we're going to need him, especially if a couple of games go by and we don't have Paul George. He was huge tonight, and it felt like he shot more than 10 shots, but 50%, 10 shots, I'll take that all day. And you know, he probably could have shot a little bit more had certain other guys that we'll get to a little bit later shot a little bit less. But the second quarter, spectacular from the Clippers. The Celtics, at one point, I was just thinking to myself, like, these guys are not playing with any heart. You know, a lot of Celtics fans went out to the game tonight. As always, the Celtics are extremely well-supported wherever they go, and especially in at Los Angeles, where a lot of East Coast people move out here because the weather is 10 times better than you guys in East Coast. Sorry, not sorry. And especially when the Laker ticket prices are... You know, you got to use your whole month paycheck to go see them play. And in the 300 section, a lot of Celtics fans would obviously rather come to the cheaper alternative. So that's a, that's a big reason. If you're wondering why I didn't go tonight, that's why. One, slightly more expensive because of the demand of the Celtics tickets. And because, again, I don't sit in the nosebleeds for our 300 section for regular season games anymore. I just don't want to do it. Uh, for the Clippers, that is. Because I just think that the atmosphere is not good enough up there sometimes for Clipper games. And I've done it my whole life, you know. And then the other reason is because I, my blood pressure gets raised like the Bulls game when it's too many fans in the opposing team. So I stay away from those until the playoffs where we represent no matter who's there. But anyways, great half. And that was ended by an incredible 
By the way, shout out to the Super Chats. Kyoi102, Collins Dang. Appreciate everybody in the Super Chats, in the live right now. Apologies to the Spotify and Apple Podcast listeners for me stopping in the middle of that. But I got to thank my guys. Super Chats are turned on if you want to drop a dollar or a dime. I see a lot more people in the live tonight than, than this season, which I really appreciate. We need to get the algorithms back. If y'all ever see my videos on your feeds, even if you can't watch them, make sure to just give it us a view, give us a comment, maybe give us a like. Even if you're a Laker fan or a Celtics fan and you see one of my Clipper vlogs up there, let's get back in the favor of these algorithms, guys. Let's get back to getting those 1,000 view reactions videos you know we need to build this channel because we need to know what's going on here at time dropper we're trying to bring up the hardest analysis the facts the the eye test uh you know from a person that's been around the game and of course the history of the game but let's go back to the clippers brandon boston jr ended the half with a ridiculous ridiculous turn around splasher from around 32 feet to end the first half. It was ridiculous. And that gave us some great energy and momentum going into the half. I mean, 63 points allowed to a Paul George list and Kawhi list Clipper team for the, if you're the Celtics. That's just shameful. That's just shameful. And that's the reason why the Celtics lost this game tonight. Third quarter, we went up by 20 because Marcus Morris Sr. started to get hot. And, you know, Nico Batum had an injury scare, uh, hurting his ankle. But thankfully, he came back in the game. Ivica Zubats, I thought, was really solid tonight on the offensive glass. He got two offensive rebounds, but 10 rebounds overall, 10 and 10, double-double. He had some nice putbacks, a couple of those in that third quarter. And the Celtics did make a push, though. And this is where I thought that they turned the corner was like in that second half of the third where Marcus Smart and Dennis Schroeder started full-court pressing us. And you seldom see teams in modern NBA go full-court press for, you know, the tires that matter or whatnot. And you see that a lot more in older basketball. You know, if you guys remember watching the how Kobe lost his two finals video that me and my friend Oceans did, Detroit Pistons putting down that full court press in the 04 finals. You go back and watch some of that uh, Time Machine episode three, Knicks and Lakers game seven, Clyde Frazier picking up Jerry West three quarters of the court. Celtics went to that and were causing a good amount of turnovers. We had an, a couple near eight-second violations, and it was Marcus Smart and Dennis Schroeder. And the thing about Marcus Smart and Dennis Schroeder, as I said before, their IQs are not great. They'll take some contested, in Marcus Smart's case, contested jumpers that they don't need to be taking. Smart will take the first three he can see, even with 15 on the shot clock, when he's like, dude, you're really not that good at threes. Like, I know you can make it, but like a lot of NBA players can make it one out of four times or two out of six times. You know, maybe you can work and get a better shot than that. Dennis Schroeder is not a great catch-and-shoot player. I know this because I watched him play last season every single night. He is much more comfortable getting downhill and getting to his right hand and coming off screens and getting to that right elbow, sometimes even left elbow, but preferably that right elbow. He's not great catch and shoot. He'll make one or two here and there, but he's shooting like 33% from three this season. He's just not very comfortable in that scenario. And a lot of times he hesitates when he, when he shoots and it's like, Classic, anyone that's played basketball, when you hesitate when you're wide open and you shoot in a second or two later, when a guy is much closer to you closing out, you usually miss that shot. He made one of those late in the game today, but shit, the, sign, the sun shines on a dog's ass some days. Lucky stuff happens. You know, he is not a great catch-and-shoot player, period. But he did a good job putting pressure on in the full court uh, with Marcus Smart, and that was causing turnovers, especially for Reggie Jackson, who's getting way too careless with the ball. And But... Thankfully for the Clippers, they ended the third quarter well 
because of some nice takes of the basket by Eric Bledsoe, who finished with an and one as well late in that third quarter. And then Isaiah Hartenstein made a really nice pass to a cutting Terrence Mann who ha- caught Marcus Smart falling asleep on the baseline for a dunk. So we led going into the fourth quarter by nine points. And in the fourth quarter was a roller coaster. I thought the Celtics continued to fight and showed a little bit more heart. And Jason Tatum in that late third quarter and fourth quarter started to get going. But, you know, I don't know, guys. This is just my opinion. But, you know, LeBron and, like, various guys I watched when I was young used to play, like, 38 to 40 minutes a game. Um, I'm looking at how many minutes Jason Tatum's averaging right now. And he's averaging 36 minutes a game. I think he should be averaging 38 to 40 minutes a game. I know people don't play 40 minutes in this NBA anymore, but I think he should be averaging at least 38 minutes a game. He's 24 years old. It's like... If you're not, like, he's only going to get, like, rested and they're going to only be more conservative with this guy's career as it goes on. If there's any time to, like, play a lot, I feel like there was a large stretch in that second quarter where Tatum was not in. And in a situation where Jalen's not playing, I think you got to be, like, a little more, more, like, taking these games a little bit more seriously. I I know he's on a back-to-back, so maybe that's why. But, like, the Celtics got blown out last night. They sat out the whole fourth quarter. I don't know, 36 minutes. There was a large stretch. Like, that sounds like not much sitting only 12 minutes. But when you watch these games and you see 20 minutes of real time go by when the guy's on the bench and the commercial break on top of that, it's like, I don't know. Like, I know, I know it's, I don't know. But regardless, I thought Tatum started to play better. I think he started to attack, but... Vince Zubats did a great job contesting around the rim. And, you know, Josh Richardson, even though he shot well from deep, 3 of 6 and 5 of 11 from the field, I don't know what it was about him, but I was pretty comfortable with him shooting those open threes. Like, the Clippers went zone a lot tonight for a couple possessions. Like, various portions throughout the game, the Clippers went zone. And I thought the Celtics did a poor job of trying to exploit that zone. The Celtics do not move the ball fast enough. And I think that starts with Tatum to some extent, but I think a guy like a Dennis Schroeder, Marcus Smart, they don't move the ball quick enough either. You know, Grant Williams doesn't do too much with the ball. He's gotten better at shooting threes, and I think he's a solid role player coming off the bench. You know, tonight he didn't shoot very well, one of four from the field, one of three from three. If they could find a better replacement for him that's more more that better from deep and can play adequate defense or similar level defense to him, they should replace him. Like, I think Neesmith and Romeo Langford have potential, but... You know, I just think that they don't. They have a lot of guys that don't have much creativity off the dribble coming off the bench. They really have nobody that can, that really has creativity off the bench, and that should be Dennis Schroeder when Jalen's back. But that's the thing; they don't really have another guy that can do that except Peyton Pritchard, who they didn't really play. And I think they got to be smarter if they're going to run their offense through Dennis and Marcus Smart when Tatum's on the bench. They make dumb decisions. They don't move the ball fast enough. And when we were going zone, they did not pop into the high post enough. They just pass it around and just act like we're still playing man-to-man. And it's so stupid. There were a couple times we switched easily too, like once or twice, Clippers switched easily. Tatum or Horford had a mismatch. And like Dennis is not even looking at it. Like just the, the Celtics basketball IQ is low. It's been low for three years now. And I used to blame it on the young, the youth of the team. But eventually you got to learn. And eventually you got to adjust. And I just don't think that they've done a good enough job of that. And it's almost predictable with these Celtic runs that they make. You know, a couple of my friends that are Celtics fans talk to me about this. They always make this little fake run. They push it and then they just come up short at the end. And that's no different than what happened tonight. And that just doesn't work. You can't just keep digging yourselves holes like that. But... They made it tight. They made it close. Reggie Jackson was screwing up, and then he came off a screen after missing multiple shots and buried a three from the top. 
The Celtics still fought. Marcus Smart was creating turnovers, and the Clippers turned the ball over 20 times in the game. The Celtics 22 times, 6 from Tatum, 6 from Time Lord, 4 from Marcus Smart. But the Clippers having 20 turnovers made it so that this game became close because, you know, credit to that full-court press the Celtics put on in that second half. If it's a Zubats, 4 turnovers. Reggie Jackson, 6 turnovers. Terrence Mann, 3 turnovers. B.J. Boston, or, you know, BB&J, he sat out a lot of the fourth quarter, which I personally didn't agree with. He was 9 of 13, 5 of 8 from 3, 4 of 4 from the line, had 4 steals. And by the way, I didn't mention that. Brandon did such a great job anticipating passes and where they were going to be, picking off passes, interceptions, multiple. And it started out some breaks. And he is he's lively on defense, and he has sneaky athleticism like He's a fairly, you know, he has long arms. He's like 6'5", I think. But, man, he can actually get up, too. He had a couple of dunks that were a lot easier than I expected them to be for a guy that doesn't look too tall. 27 points, 4 steals. That was his career high, plus 10, which is the second highest on our team after Isaiah Hartenstein, who was, who was a plus 13. Another solid performance for Isaiah in only 15 minutes of play. Serge Ibaka didn't play tonight, just a DNP coach's decision. But Celtics cut it close, cut it down to 3 and then Marcus Morris Sr., who I thought really gave his old, uh, his former team some buckets, especially in that second half, even face-to-face -face with Jason Tatum, pulling up over dudes, made a huge three to put the Clippers up six. The Celtics still cut it down and made it a two-point game, and Reggie Jackson missed one free throw and left the door open and lost the ball at half court in the last minute when Marcus Smart took the ball away from him, and... It was Ivica Zubats that made the two free throws. They made it a three-point game. And then the Celtics didn't really get a shot off at the end when they had no timeouts remaining. And that's why, you know, you can maybe go back to that. With a couple of minutes left in the game, Marcus Smart smacked the ball off of the knee of a Clipper player. I don't remember exactly which player it was. The Celtics challenged it, but they lost their last timeout. You know, it's a big what-if in that game. Should you have used that challenge? Because what, what if the Clippers had scored on that next possession? So it's all what ifs. Bottom line, the Clippers pull out the win, even without Paul George. 114-111 at the Nameless Arena. They move on to 14-12. and 12. The Celtics to 13-13. and 13. Let's read the lines. Jason Tatum, 29-10. Six turnovers, though. Two assists. 9-20. of 20. So, you know, not too bad. 45%. 2 of 7 from 3. So, you know, it was whatever. I just thought that he didn't come out with the right aggression in the first half, personally. He played. He started to play a little too late. Al Horford, 11 points, 7 boards, 7 assists on 4 of 8 from the field, 1 of 4 from 3. I thought it was quieter, though, as the game went on, at least on offense. Time Lord, 4 points, 7 rebounds, but 6 turnovers just should not be happening in 20 minutes of play. And then Marcus Smart, as I said, 16 points, 7 rebounds, 6 assists, 4 steals, Four turnovers. He played really hard at the end. Seven of 16 from the field, though. One of six from three. Just, I was very comfortable with him shooting threes. And then Dennis Schroeder, 50% in the field, eight of 16. But two of six from three. Another guy I was very comfortable with shooting threes. 19 points, four rebounds, and eight assists for him. He only turned the ball over one time, which is a good thing for if you're a Celtics fan seeing that. At least he didn't turn the ball over much. Josh Richardson, 17 points on 5-11 from the field and three of six from three. Nico Batum only played 15 minutes. And had a donut, so that's not going to happen much. So hopefully he gets he gets well and he's not 
too hurt from that little ankle injury. You know, obviously he just came back from COVID protocols. Marcus Morris Sr., though, continues to play really well in his last five games or so. 20 points for him tonight, 7 of 16 from the field, and 2 of 6 from 3, which isn't great, but he made the one that counted, and that's all that matters. That's why you can't just look at the box score. The timeliness of shots is big. And in the last 10 games, Marcus well, Marcus Moore Sr. is averaging 12 points this season, so he's starting to round out to his averages from last season, but still not shooting a great percentage for the year, but he will slowly get up to that as he's starting to build his rhythm. Terrence Mann, 10 points and 10 rebounds. Fantastic work for T on the glass. Three offensive rebounds, five of seven from the field, and I thought he was really solid, especially the way he started the game. I already said Zubats, 10 and 10. Reggie Jackson, 17 points and 7 assists, but 6 turnovers and 6 of 22 from the field, 2 of 8 from 3. He made a huge shot at the end, but make no mistake, Reggie did not have a good game tonight, and he really needs to clean up, um, you know, the over-dribbling, the, you know, when Brandon Boston's playing like that, I thought he should have gotten the ball more. And I thought that, honestly, Ty Lue should have maybe pulled Reggie for, for Brandon, but credit to Ty, he really believes in his guys, and he wants to keep their confidence high. That's it for me tonight, guys. Oh, I'll, I'll briefly go over the Lakers before I, I um, you know, finish off. But I thought that that was one of the better performances in the season for the Lakers. I thought LeBron played really well. I thought he looked really good going to the basket and very lively. I thought AD was solid. I thought he played better in the second half. I thought Russ, Russ was good as well. I thought Ellington was good, but I thought LeBron really set a good tone. However, the Celtics without Jason Tate, uh, Jalen Brown, the Lakers should beat them. And remember what I said, Laker fans. We need 10 consecutive games with the big three to really make a judgment on this team. That's two. That's two. Let's see if they can string eight more together. And then we can make some judgments. But that's it for me tonight, guys. Now we're going to move on to the live subscribers waiting oh so patiently in the chat. Remember, guys, if you are listening on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, tomorrow... I will be doing my Twitter space, Dimes Bank, every Thursday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Pacific time, 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern time. Anything you want to talk about, if you want to ask me a question, if you want to just talk about your favorite team, get your takes off, talk about old NBA, current NBA, maybe future NBA, or maybe anything else that you want to say, hop into that Twitter space, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. tomorrow, 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. By the way, Champions League, Chelsea not finishing first in the group. I am not. Happy about that necessarily, but obviously we are the Champions League winners. So I know that the main priority this season is the league. And I'm just nervous because we have a one in five chance to play Bayern Munich in that round of 16. And that's the last matchup I want. If we can get that Lille group, I think it's Lille that won their group. It would be nice. Um, but I don't know if we'll be as lucky this time. Anyways, up the Chelsea. Uh, it's going to be an amazing race down the line this season, guys. Man City, Liverpool, and Chelsea. It's going to be an incredible race. The highest quality I've seen in the Premier League in my time watching. Uh, three of the best teams in the world. 25% of the Champions League round of 16 is made up by the Premier League. So, tells you a lot. Anyways. Alright, guys. Let's go to the live subscribers. Wait, no so patiently in the chat. Super Chats turned on if you want to drop a dollar or a dime. 30 minutes and peace.